Attention, Pokemon players, you are listening to 3XP, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. I am your host, Jake Abrams, alongside Nick Yurko, a.k.a. the Duga Hobbies. So how are we doing tonight, Nick? Well, I'm doing good. Having some success, actually, for the first time with a couple decks on Pokemon, so I'm pretty happy about that. Nice, nice. I was uh I was having a little bit of success tonight as well. I played uh, my first tournament with uh, Eternatus and ended up going three one, lost to an Inteleon, You know, uh, the deck that I liked the most. It was a close game. Uh, but the one key thing tonight is uh I got you know my packs again at the end of the night and pulled garbage again, and everybody started laughing at me per the usual. Back, um, back. We all regressed to, to our the, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, I had one hot streak of two packs, and then back to the garbage. <laughs> I, uh, you know what? I decided I wanted to pull the trigger on a couple other packs, and decided not to. But then I spent all my credits online and got nothing out of my uh, ah. ten packs that I bought online with my. Uh, well, you got you got to save those unlock packs. I know I should have. <laughs> I still need a crowbat so bad. Oh yeah, you know one person that uh, is a big proponent of saving your packs to buy what you need is our local professor uh, Zach Wolf, and he's actually going to be our first guest on the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, so how are we doing tonight? Doing pretty well, all things considered. Yeah, well, thank you for joining in. Very excited to have you on the show and to hear about the elusive Mad Party. Yes, he uh, Zach was definitely a big proponent of Mad Party in the first word of the deck. I was like, oh, it's a meme deck. And he's like, I will prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I did when we did our first tournament, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, Just a to bit. be honest, <laughs> it was one game, but... I think I'm. I think we need a point in that one game. Yes, we're. I'm leaning away from the meme deck portion of it. Yes, yes, you are. Definitely. uh, definitely I remember. I remember the last time we did. We played an event. If uh, I queued into you with Mad Party or not, I know I played it recently. I don't remember if I got you though. But in your recent games against Mad Party, have you been taking it a bit more seriously? Yeah, for sure. Oh, I, I can I, tell I, you, I, I've I've, yeah. I've taken it very seriously every time out there, because even even a weaker build of the deck, you know, the explosive damage. If you're not paying attention, just one turn and the game swings, and that's oh, what okay. I've seen with that deck for sure. And I have I I've lost to it a few times and then gone never again, just never yeah. again. Yeah, definitely. There's a, a I think a few specific reasons I might have lost the deck other than just underestimating it at first. But we'll get back into that later. I just wanted to give Zach the floor and you know tell the audience what it's good at, what it's good against, what it's bad against, and kind of his take on it in this first little bit of this of this met, new meta. All right. So Mad Party is the, the core of the deck is there's four Pokemon with the Mad Party attack, Bunnel Beat, Dene, Forty. Guy Stangulary Mr. Rhyme and the Mad Party attack is 20 damage uh, times the number of Pokemon in a district pile with the Mad Party attack. Now, of those four, only two of them actually have a usable attack cost. You can technically use all of them, but it's just not very efficient to use uh, two of them. Uh, th- there's being Glare mm-hmm. Mr. Rhyme and Dene, both of which have both of which are for two colorless and uh, colored energy. So we just use Bunnelby Portuguese. Portuguese. 
Yeah. Since, since they're just for uh, DCE, so, so you can just use Twin Energy and Triple Acceleration for Poltergeist. So the deck is basically built around being a glass, can, glass cannon attackers. The uh, Bad Party damage builds up surprisingly quickly. It's since all your attackers are just for one prize, the idea is knock out multiple attackers while only giving up small small prizes in, in exchange. Definitely. You're trying to trade two to three prizes for the one prize they're getting off you. Yes. Of course, unavoidably, you you do have to run some multi-prize multi cards just for support. Most common ones mm-hmm. being the Dene, of course, as well as Crobat, and for, to lesser extent, Oricorio. But the, now, but do, you, the, do you run all of those in the deck, or just a couple of them? I personally run all three. I, my Icarnus has two Dene, one Crobat, one Oricorio. Okay. Uh, though it's not uncommon to just see the Dene. The Dene is obviously a, a good choice because you can actually allow you to, dis- to discard Mad Partiers as you draw. Yes. And there's an argument for Oricorio that it's a bit, it's just not worth the extra uh, draw power to have a 170 HP, two, two prize rock sitting on your bench. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Right, right. That's where I've seen this deck come a little vulnerable when they have to. They're forced too much to have that uh, that two prize bench Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So we haven't talked about the the big elephant in the room with this deck as it's ADP matchup. Lots of uh, talk one way or another about ADP. Um, but how how does uh, Mad Party in your experience do against the ADPZ uh, matchup? It is actually surprisingly almost not bad. <laughs> Almost up. <laughs> it, that's the best way I can describe it. It's it's definitely bad, and I'd say it's ninety ten at the very least in favor of ADP, unless mm-hmm. ADP gets like, absurdly bad luck or you get absurdly good luck, of course. Okay. But, but the thing is, it you feel like you're whatever the deck's running well against ADP, you feel like you're losing, but you're um, you're so close to not losing because they're like almost hitting the required damage in order to actually turn the tables against ADP. Mm-hmm. The, thing, the thing is, in order to catch up against ADP, you have to actually either knock out ADP itself before they can, either right after they alter the creation and, and they don't have any Zashin set up yet, or before they alter the creation. That's very much pie in the sky right there. Yeah. You, you simply can't get that many Pokemon in their discard pile without not having any attackers, basically, just because of prize cards and everything. It's just not going to happen. So, so usually were... the, most of, the, the best way to go against ADP is to start immediately knocking out the Denis and such. Yeah. And even though the deck is pretty good at getting a lot of Pokemon in the discard pile immediately, it's just not realistic for it to get to get eight and fast enough to immediately start knocking out the Denis just because... There's just not enough ways to do it. There's so many limiting factors. You're limited by and how you can get the map partners in your hand to begin with. You're limited in the ways you can discard them. It's just, it requires too much perfect hand arrangement of your cards in order to to consistently get it up that fast. Usually how yeah. it works is you don't get to that point until, say, like turn three or four. Okay. That's fair. I was just going to ask you: Do you think if going first, uh, if you if you were first in the game and your second attack or your second turn, would you have enough in the discard pile consistently to take out the Denes or even reach for the sky and hit them um, those ADPs out? 
Usually I have just enough to knock out a Jirachi at that point. Okay. That's that's okay. what we're at. Maybe a bit more. Maybe a bit more than Jirachi. Mm -hmm. Maybe the Dene, but the ADP is probably out of range of oh, your, your first turn. Yeah, I, you're probably never going to be at the point where you can one-shot an ADP. You're always going to two-shot it if you're taking it out at all. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so uh, you you said 90-10, uh, probably around that match for that matchup. So we've talked about the bad matchup in ADP. There's bound to be some good matchups. Uh, so how does how does it do against uh, Eternatus? Against Eternatus, it's... It's actually a pretty decent matchup, just because Eternus on the KDP can only take one prize a turn, assuming they're not like gusting on and KOing your, your bench supporters. So usually you can get by just by doing what I just said to them, gusting out and KOing their, their Crobats, because Eternus, mm -hmm. in order to remain consistent, has to pretty consistently play Crobat like, every turn or so just to make sure they get all the stuff they need to set up. So yeah. you can take advantage of that by gut drawing into your own uh, line of gusters. I personally play three bosses orders and one great catcher. Though it's mm -hmm. perfectly reasonable to play four bosses orders just because the, another thing about the sex is that it has absolutely absurd draw power, like between, between Portuguese ability to discard draw two, Crobat, the, or Corio that the Dene, you're it's pretty good chance you'll if you just dig for a boss's orders, you'll get one. So in that way you can pretty reliably KO Crobat. So it has a pretty decent match. I would say it would have a good matchup if it weren't for the fact that of course Eternus has Galarian Six Yoon. And the last mm -hmm. time I took Mad Party to an event, one of our in-person events, I lost before I could even draw a card, because my opponent had two Galarian's goons in a scoop up net and KO'd my Sinistee. So oh, I yeah. could do anything. That's, that's that is <laughs> very much a risk in this format, I will say. 100%. So that being a good point, um, whenever we first played our first matchup, I was playing Inteleon, and I'm thinking, okay, I got this because I got the snipe power, so I can trade off two prize cards. So I can trade off two prize cards before you can uh, knock out stuff. So I would win that prize race. But you, unlike most people I've seen on the on the ladder, play the the Mew from Unbroken Bonds to kind of block that. I would say that your Inteleon matchup would probably be pretty pretty decent as long as you can get your uh, Mew out there. Yes, I would actually argue that Mew isn't optional in this deck. You, considering how low your HP is. And the fact that Intellion exists and is popular, and Silence also exists and might be popular in the future, mm -hmm. I would say Mew is 100% essential. Yeah. It, it actually even helps in the office, though, because of its uh, side power attack, which puts three damage counters on an opponent's Pokemon in any way you like. So if you, that way, if your opponent, if, if you hit your opponent and they retreat, you can finish it off with Mew while still keeping your bench safe. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I've played a against Mad Party probably a good 10 to 15 times and I've seen one other person run Mew. I mean, unless they're bricking or they're prize carding uh, their Mew, I, I've just not seen that yeah. in general. Has that been your experience as well, playing against it? Um, well, usually I don't, I don't personally play those, uh, those snipe decks myself, so they probably have never had a reason to bring it out against me. So I don't particularly recall seeing it either, but like I said, they could have just 
not, not brought it out. No, no, I, 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 I have, I have, I have in my experience. They, you know, it they put it down uh, just because I am playing more of the sniping decks in, in first yeah. place. Um, but yeah, it, it is one of those things where I have not a good player has not not played it on against me. So yeah, I agree. I think it's it's an essential one hundred percent. You need that if you're playing Mad Party. Absolutely. Um, oh. So how about against Santa Scorch? Do you do you have a opinion on that matchup? I think it's a, a fine like fifty fifty or maybe margin of error ten in neither direction against it. Okay. Uh, simply because. Sense Scorch is mostly just because you're perfectly capable of two-hitting Sense Scorch, even if they start sacking uh, heat energies on it. And unlike any other, most other decks in the format, you're giving up, say, a one-prizer against their three-prizer, which they're losing. Yeah. And even if they do switch Sense Scorches, like if they spread their energies out so that they can just swap between the two of them, you're still, you're still just going to wear them down just because of the prize race. Yeah. And, and even if they, like, I don't know if Sinistorx even has, they don't, re- the thing is, they don't really have a one prize attacker to respond. Most of their ultimate attackers that I've seen are, like, stuff like Keytran, like, two prize attackers. Like, it's not helping them that much. So just mm-hmm. because of the prize race, you have a perfectly fine matchup. Even if they had the tech of uh, Volcanion and, and knock something oh, out. Oh, yeah, Volcanion, you, they attack you that, can... yeah. <laughs> You could still just come back and just knock them out and still be okay yeah. with that prize trade. Yeah. So the the prize trade is just greatly in their favor against the Scorch. So it seems like so Mad Party's good against basically any of the V decks aside from ADP, or at least a 50-50? Yes. I would say that's so. Okay, so then sure against like those side decks and you, you amuse prize or something, of course. Mm-hmm. So that being said, um, we do live in this ADP world. Um, would you feel comfortable if we said, "Hey, we're playing a tournament, and you you have to win this tournament"? Would you feel comfortable in this meta bringing the Mad Party, knowing there's a possibility of the ADP, or do you think it just has a good enough matchup against? the rest of the field that you would say, hey, let's just do it. I would say given ADP's current usages, which it's, even if it's not, if it hasn't worked out to be the, per se, the best card, the best deck in format, it's certainly still the most popular deck in format. Like, like last terminized, major tournament I saw that was online, it had like a 30% usage rate. So given right. that, I would say no, because you can't reliably dodge it. If this was more like, say, if it was more like 20, 20% or 15%, I would say I wouldn't feel bad about bringing it as, as like a win deck. I, I would feel like as long as I'm good enough with the deck, I w- would feel pretty confident that I could do well. Yeah, for sure. I think it has a pretty good matchup spread for most of the most of the the popular archetypes. Um, we've seen that in uh, some of the most recent online tournaments, especially with those tournaments that were banning ADP. Mad Party's seen a lot of success. Yes, even winning, won, even winning. Yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, one most recent one. I actually have that deck list right in front of me. It actually has a few interesting talks. Text I think are worth talking about. What do you view, and with this deck that's been, that was released, uh, what do you view as the most essential tra- uh, tech cards in, that you have to be running? Uh, as I said earlier, Muse the most essential by, by far, just because of Intellion and its popularity right now. Mm-hmm. But with regards, with regards to the other stuff, like 
like my, my list is preferences and it's consistency. I only run the, the US text, but some good tech cards that that the guy who won the banning ADP event ran a coughing and two wheezing from Celestial. I mean, not Celestial Storm, uh, Cosmic Eclipse Pokemon that if you discard them off of Roxy, they spread 10 damage everywhere on your opponent's side. So that the idea there is that instead of getting uh, a flat 20 off of a flat 20 for your attack for the rest of the game off of your Roxy for for turn, you instead spread 10 to damage across their entire board, and later in the game that that contributes to some easier KOs. I don't think it's essential. I personally like the fact that I prefer to not run it shows that it's not that essential of a tech. But if you're worried about not about Mad Party by itself not getting there, that's definitely something worth worth using. Yeah, I agree. The other tech card that he, he ran was two of the Dugon from I think that's Cosmic Eclipse. It has two attacks. The first attack for two colorless sixty damage. You're it's hidden for as water damage, so it's basically all that really does is it occurs with Cephalon, which Mad Party does easily enough already, so it's not really that much to write home about. But the other more inter- interesting attack is a second attack, which does which for three color lists, so with one attachment of a triple acceleration, does 60 damage to two of your opponent's bench Pokemon. So that's basically a Jirachi killer. Yeah, definitely. And, so, and then also on top of that, it softens up whatever your main target could be. Yeah. So, so basically the idea that I got from looking at this checklist anyway was uh, you, if you aren't able to take a KO with Mad Party for the turn, you just switch to the Dugong you have set up and you sign Pajirachi and soften something up for a, a KO later. Um. Yeah, it seems now, like it's almost a combo, you know, combining two kind of decks in there, but it plays well with Mad Party at the same time. Yeah, it does. So I, I personally have not run this yet. I th- it's, it's, well, it's already, it's obviously done, proven itself just because it was in a tournament winning deck. But the question is really just how important is it? I think just because I, I don't know. It's certainly. Well, I think it gives it another attacker. Like you said, you have you have the four types of the Mad Partiers, but really only two of them attack. So yeah, if you prize, say, one to two of those attackers, you might just not be able to attack. So it might give you a little bit more consistency or another option yeah. to hit. Would probably be a good good thing to have Dugong in there. Yeah. Although he is a stage, you know, a stage one, so... yeah. That, that's my that's my main concern, to be honest. Yeah, like I, I mean, I get that you're already running with Cincy, but you're still adding even more consistency by running yet another stage one nine. And mm-hmm. this particular deck ran ran two two, two guns two seal, so it it's just you have to make cuts somewhere else in order to fit all that. Yeah. Oh, another thing that this this runs that I don't is it has an Eldegoss in it instead of a Crobat or, or a Kuro. It just has one Eldegoss. I mean, I mean that, yeah, Eldegoss is good. To, for yeah, Eldegoss is know, good. Yeah. He's definitely an endgame guy. Yeah, just uh, to grab a boss's orders at the moment of truth or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. another Roxy, if need be. Another Roxy, yeah. There's a lot yeah, that's of a good include. Yeah, yeah I, I like to do that myself. 
I've just been so used to running Mad Party as an insane, both a uh, Glass Cannon deck and an insane draw deck. The idea being that you can get away with less. Your draw power is just so good that you can run less of other stuff. Yeah, I agree. Like one notable thing about Mad Party is that they don't they barely run any switch cards at all. I run one U-turn board, and so did the winning list from th- this event. So you, once you get into U-turn board, you just use it for the rest of the game, basically, unless unless they unless they KO something during the main phase and then Marnie it away. That's the only yeah. way you can lose it, which has happened to me, I will admit, <laughs> and it feels pretty bad when it does. For the most part, the uh, the idea is anything you send into the active is going to die next turn. So you don't really need switch cards just are less important. I yeah, you're, you're, you're anticipating the loss yeah. of the active Pokemon, no matter what it is. Yeah, I personally run, I'm paranoid, so I personally run two switch just to make sure. But that's definitely a flex spot. You can definitely cut down on that if you... If you want to make space for Dugong or some other tech card, it kind of mm-hmm. looks in the future. The, the other important debate that I've seen, I, get, I, get, I don't know why I'm calling it a debate, the other important difference of opinion between Mad Party players is the Pokemon search. So there, you run four of, you always run four of Quick Ball and Great Ball, since those are, are like the two. You run so many uh, Pokemon that Great Ball pretty much always hits something. Mm-hmm. You always get some Pokemon out of it, and Quick Ball because, of course. And then you either run four of Pokemon Communication or four of Evolution Incense, depending on your preference. Evolution Incense can only get to Evolutions, but it has no costs associated with it. So you just get yourself a Portygeist or a Galarian Mr. Rhyme, and that's it. Whereas Pokemon communication gets you anything, so so you can't end up in situations where where you really need a sensitivity, but you only have an, an evil instance or something like that. Yeah, but but that comes at the cost of you having to have a Pokemon in your hand already in order to shuffle it back so you can get what you want. So it's that's really something depending on how aggressive your build wants to be. If your build is if you're like me and you want something more hyper-aggressive, you always have evolution instance, so you, you can just not ho- have to hold things in hand just in case you need to use Pokemon communication. Yeah. Whereas, if you're more okay with being a bit, with the build being a bit slower, you can sacrifice some speed for some consistency and get the Pokemon communication instead, so you can always get into a basic if, if you need to. Yeah, get those Zdenes to make it more consistent. Yeah, get a Zdenes, get an Odegoss, get a Bunnelby or something to attack with if you just need to same an attacker down this turn. Yeah. Right. That does make sense, too. That, that is an interesting debate, and I could see that going either way, uh, personally. But you, but you said, Zach, you, yourself, that you, you don't run the Pokemon communication? Yeah, I actually... Tr- uh, when I was first fishbowling with the deck, I tried Pokemon communication at first because... Like I said before, I run two switch because I'm paranoid about that kind of thing going wrong. So I was paranoid about Pokemon communication going wrong at about Evo instance sending me down or something. So I I just tried it with with communication and I hated it. It it was just <laughs> I it was like hatred at first sight because I 
it was just so annoying to have to constantly hold on to something that I really wanted to discard to get my damage up, just so this card would be playable to get something that I often wanted to be an evolution card anyway. So I ultimately decided on evolution instance for that reason. Yeah, it makes 100% sense. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so we've gone over, you know, the bad matchups, the good matchups. I definitely will say it's probably not a meme deck, eh, even though I said so at first. But <laughs> I want to hear from you. Where do you, th- where do you rank Mad Party ABC scale in this, uh, in this current meta? Or an S. You could be, it could be an S if you want to. Or an S. <laughs> yeah. It's going to surprise you, but I would say bottom of B tier. B minus. Yeah. Just above C tier with all the with all the less serious decks, I would say. Yeah. That's I mean it's fair. I mean it's yeah, I, I thought you would rate it a little higher. Yeah. So let me ask you this though. Say we lived in a no ADP world, where would you rate this deck? Uh I would say conservatively bottom of A. So, like, a, a actual proper contender, you will see a lot more of it at tournaments. Yeah. For the I, fact I that it's cheap with that nothing else. Yeah, it's, it's cheap to build. Uh, easy, like, I don't know about you guys, but my pull rates on all the Mad Partiers have been pretty high in all my packs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all over the place. <laughs> I, I will say this, though. Going forward, uh, I think Mad Party will probably get some some additional supports from places you don't expect. And the reason I say that is Mad Party is actually, if, if you're not too familiar with the history of the trading card game, there was a very similar deck back in the day called Night March, which is basically identical to Mad Party, only it didn't have a Portuguese-type uh, Pokemon that could, that was both, that was both a discard outlet and a draw and a draw Pokemon. It was basically the the exact same thing. It was say, Galarian Mr. Rhyme, uh, Bunnelby and Dedenne, and that was it. So, uh, two uh, Mad Party, two Nightmarch attackers that had unusable attack loss and one that did. Mm-hmm. And initially, when it first came out, it was is it was if Jake was right and it was a meme deck. No one really took it seriously when it first came out, just because and it was genuinely not that good in its first set. But later on down the line, you got some uh, cards that supported it that were... It was like cards that, when they were first announced, uh, weren't the kind of thing that you would think would help the deck, but they did. And the meta ended up... Mm-hmm. And in, in, in addition to that, to that, the meta ended up shifting in such a way that all of a sudden it became very viable. Not only did it become viable, it was dominant. People... It was, it was like... A true like Esther deck. It was like a it was like the king of the format for a while, like several sets after it first came out. So like, it went from rags to riches. Yeah, it went from rags to riches just from a, a few new sets. Mm-hmm. Then rotation. Yeah, then then rotation, and and until a few sets ago, like and uh, until Sword and Shield was released, it was still a top tier deck and expanded. Like it, it still was, it was still that good with only, with only three, uh, Pokemon, with only three Pokemon, so a max of twelve cards that had the Night March attack, and that party has four of those. Yeah. So yeah, I can, this I could can potentially definitely... be very, very powerful in the future. 
Yeah, getting one or two cards to help it out for yeah. damage output or consistency or whatnot. It could it could really already someone bar. already someone in the community has pointed out that one of the newly announced cards in the next set. I think it's called memory energy or something. It's some kind of energy cap or memory capsule. Yeah, memory capsule. Memory capsule. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which allows an evolved Pokemon to use an attack from uh, its previous evolution. There's a there's a fighting type Bunnelby that's already out. I mean, fighting type evolution of Bunnelby. I forget what it's called. Uh, So that means Mad Party will be able to hit for fighting weakness starting next set in a format with Eternatus. That's pretty huge. Wow. It's pretty huge. Maybe, it's maybe, like it's... maybe one-shotting an Eternatus for a 3-to-1 prize trade? Not bad at all. Yeah. So, in a way, it's already happening. It's already really getting off the ground and will potentially become very powerful going forward. I think that's true for quite a bit of a number of these early on Darkness Ablaze or, you know, Sword and Shield decks. We're starting to see their become the threats that they can be out there for a good reason too. So it, it is very interesting in my opinion, you know, yes, mad party is maybe, you know, you call you're calling it eh, right now, but it could end up being one of the scarier decks in the, in the future. So it's definitely something. Make Dragapult good again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah. Be, I'll be okay without him. Uh. <laughs> so would I next. So would I. <laughs> Damn, Eternatus taking out that threat. <laughs> All right, so so you put it at the just above B tier, Jake. What about you? What are you putting it at uh, based on what you've seen? I would probably put it about the same. Maybe maybe just a solid C. I, I I think there's a place in the meta, especially if you're if you're dodging ADP. At worst, it has a 50-50 chance. Like it feels like, aside from the one matchup, and I think it's actually a very good one prizing deck versus other one prizing decks because I think what they want to do is a little easier than the other popular ones that I've seen kind of pop up around lately. Yeah, it's not like Bicephalon where you have to every time you're Bicephalon good, you have to find another welder, get energies in your hand, and have even more energies to attack with. It's a bad party, you just need to have another Pokemon on the bench and dig into uh, another energy and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So how about, how about you, Nick? What, what, what would you rate it? Without ADP, I'll say this without ADP out there, I would have said a solid, I uh, like B plus for me, you know, but I, I, I give it that because I think it's good and it requires skill to play. Again, you, you, we were talking earlier about that, you know, that timing of when to choose a certain card. And I respect that. I think that's one of the things you have to respect about these decks. Um, yes, the strategy might be straightforward for this, get cards in your discard pile, but at the same time, it's not. It's it's timing is key. Yeah. But what I would definitely say, though, is, you know, you know, I, with ADP out there and how hard it is to take that out, that deck out, yeah, it's probably the, I, I'm giving it a C plus, um, really. Um, I, I I can't. It, it's you know I've had good success against it. I've lost to it for sure, but I, I you know mm-hmm. my losses have just made me okay. I have to take this very very serious. Yeah, I agree. All right. With that being said, I want to give away one code here. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, so the first code here I want to give away: uh, D is in dog, C is in cat, seven T is in Tom. T is in Tom again. N is in Nancy. C is in Cat. L is in Lemur. M is in Mary. Y is in Yuvital. K is the 
in I don't know a K word right now. Um, <laughs> four Z is in zebra. I got through that. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my. I think we should. You should come up with your phonetic Pokemon alphabet. And go yeah, from I there. probably it's should. Crocodile, Jake. It's crocodile. I miss crocodile. My bad, guys. My bad. <laughs> okay. Well, this is uh, the last one I have for now. Let's see if I could. Uh, now we're just gonna straight say the say the numbers and letters. No, no uh, uh, names now. D, V, C. That's an easy one to start with. G, P, D, nine, N, C, D, nine, L, nine. Of course, I picked the one that all the letters sound the same. D or B. D is in dog. I, I think I think, you redo, dog. I think you redo D that. D is in okay. Did you say V? Yeah. Okay. D as in Dragapult. <laughs> v is in Victor. C is in Cat. G is in Galisopod. P is in Paul. D is in Dog. Nine. N is in Nancy. C is in Cat. D is in Dog. Nine L nine. Wow. Okay. Hey, I got it out. You did. That you did. <laughs> All right, Zach. Well, if that's it for you, um, do you have any other last-minute notes or any shout-outs you want to give? I do want to give some shout-outs to uh, our local group. It's it's that greatest group of – when I first started this league, I couldn't have dreamed that I would have gotten such a great group of people. It, it's just been such such a – such a blessing that to have all, all that to have our group around. It's just you've made my you've turned my Thursdays from being very lonely times at the sitting at the store watching a snowing walks into an absolute blast every week. So thanks for that. And yeah, I also want to sure. shout out the, uh, the the store we go we play at Heroes and Comics. Just it, it's a the greatest like cool store to hang out at everyone who works there's great and super cool so i really want to give a shout out to them they're, they're they provide such a great atmosphere for us yeah i agree more i couldn't agree more you've been you've been very welcoming when uh you know i first started uh trying to play live events uh we met right before the pandemic got a couple league games in or league nights in and then uh you know there was a little bit of a break there but Thankfully, the store. And you up with the cavalry. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey. I, I try. I try to, you know, have a good group of guys to hang around. Yeah. So if I have to recruit from different games, I uh, that's what I'll do. Right. Well, I'll and, keep and doing if, that. If anyone is listening and they're interested in, you know, trying to where they should start with the game and stuff, hit us up at, on our Facebook page uh, if you have any questions. Uh, at all so you know we, we're gladly helping we'll in the pittsburgh area and we'll get you started uh we're, we look forward to new players yeah 100 percent. i agree all right thank i think you that again. uh just about wraps it up i would like to uh thank zach again for coming on and for everybody listening and uh we'll talk to you next time bye see ya thank you again for listening to triple p the best way to support us is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. You can leave us a comment or question on Twitter at PitPokeyPod or on the Triple P Facebook page. We also stream box openings online and live play at twitch.tv slash Duke of Hobbies. 
There you can earn TCGO codes and more. If you have made or know any Pokemon artists, send us a message and we will feature an artist each episode. Gotta catch them all.